songs. Hey everyone, welcome to Why Mommy Drinks. This is Betsy Stover. And I'm Amanda Allen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, that said it all. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this episode, we are honored to be joined by a fellow podcaster and a writer, Allison Rosen. Hello. Thank you for having Hello. me. Hello. Hello. I'm excited to talk to other parents because <laughs> I am just, my child has turned into, well, he had turned into an asshole. He's, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And oh my, my God. Three-year-old, yeah, turned into an asshole. Uh, like a few months ago, and then he had come out of it and was like wonderful, and then now he's in a new, a new uh, challenge, trying phase, which I'll get into later. Oh, so you have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and yes. are, you said, are they both boys? You said both boys. Yeah, Elliot is the three-year-old, and Owen is the one-year-old. Um, okay. actually, they're both about almost three and a half and almost one and a half. So she's in the she's in. You're the in shit. it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I have three boys, so I see you, Allison. Thank you. Um, I see you. I see the future you. Uh, <laughs> um, they are four years old, and then I also have an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, get ready to listen to Amanda. <laughs> I've got 17 kids and counting. No. <laughs> it feels that way, but, though, well, She's got sister wives, though, so yeah. that's how it works. No, I have a I have a nine year old boy and twin seven year old girls. So oh my it's, goodness, it's super fun. Yeah, she's got us all beat. I just because am... they came at the same time. <laughs> did you when? How did you feel when you found out you were having twins? Because when <laughs> I was so I did IVF for to have both of my kids, um, and when I was first pregnant with Elliot, initially it was twins. <laughs> And I was, it was a really weird feeling because I knew Mm -hmm. I should just be overjoyed because there was a Mm -hmm. good chance that IVF wasn't going to work. I did like 8 million shots and 8 million retrievals. And, you know, it was so lucky that I was able to get pregnant. And I always wanted two kids, although now I kind of want three, even though I don't think that's biologically possible. (laughs) But um, I, so when I found out that I was pregnant with twins, I just remember being like, this is not how I wanted it to be. I didn't, yeah. but, but I, but I'm so happy, but oh my God, how am I even going to carry like both of them down the stairs? How am I going to do this? Yeah. Um, and then I'm, uh, like between seven and a half and eight, a half, eight and a half weeks, I miscarried one of them, mm-hmm. which was sad, but not mm. the same level of devastation as like, if you have a singleton miscarriage, cause I was still mm-hmm. pregnant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it also took out of the equation, the thing that you were one of the biggest worries that you were having. Exactly. But I felt really guilty about worrying about that. But so I felt guilty about the relief that I, I felt. Um, No, don't, don't feel guilty. I'm glad that you're saying that. I bet so many people have experienced that and have the same exact feelings. Mm -hmm. I think so. Because when you did either of you guys do IVF or are you people for whom sex works? Uh, I mean, I don't know if sex works, but certainly uh, fertilization works. And yeah, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I no. Okay. Sorry. So, but we've had tons of guests on that have talked about, uh, have talked about IVF and stuff. I mean, never enough for honestly for my taste, but yeah. <laughs> Do you just love like it? it? <laughs> I feel like it's so, so many people I know have, exper- have experienced that. And yet, uh, I feel like we haven't really talked that much about it on the show, you know? Don't you yeah. think, Amanda? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I think, yeah. and and so I've always been very open about it, and I talked about it on my podcast. Um, oh, yeah, you know, tell I, everyone the names of your podcast. Okay, so I host Allison Rosen is your new best friend, and then I also host a parenting ish podcast called Childish, and I say parenting ish because we also talk about look. A lot of our listeners don't have children, um, but Same. it is a parenting podcast. Really, isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. I think it's I amazing. Because it. yeah, like ours. Well, this is not really a parenting podcast because we don't tell anyone how to do shit. It's more just like a um, what? It's a comedy podcast, and yeah. there's shot in Freud. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it's a cautionary on- tale. What did so you say? Cha- I said it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. Sorry, on- I thought you said, thought you said do- it's a fashion retail. It's a fashion retail. <laughs> like, oh no, Amanda really has short circuited. <laughs> Sorry, Allison, go on. It's okay. On mine, we do get people writing in being like, listening to you guys makes me think I never want to have kids. Yep, same. <laughs> Just because we're so <laughs> honest about it. But so, I, you know, I have my little guys uh, and then my co-host, Greg Fitzsimmons, has an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. Oh, so it, it's nice to have those two different perspectives. But we do actually give, and I was saying to you guys before we started, we do give advice on my show. And uh, oftentimes I'm like, wait, why are we doing this? I need advice. <laughs> I'm the one who needs <laughs> advice right now. But, but you know, we do it anyway. So what I was saying before about IVF is that when you do it, you you know, everything, it's just you're so focused on just getting pregnant, having that baby. And there's like a emotional investment and financial investment and so much, you know, and physical investment. And like you try to tell yourself, I'm going to be okay no matter what the outcome. Like you try to get into this weird Zen place, but yeah. it's really hard to it's really hard to to have done all that stuff and then be like it didn't work out for us and that's okay so I think that then you know the whole thing is like just to get you pregnant um Mm -hmm. so then if you have any you know if you're then once you get pregnant if it's like not because I didn't love being pregnant Mm -hmm. and I felt like such a dick neither yes I felt like such an, I felt like I was just supposed to be so grateful that I was now in this state that I had worked so hard to get into. Right. But I was like, I don't, I want this child. I don't like being pregnant at all. And then once I had Elliot, I, um, like five months after I had him is when I kind of admitted that what I was experiencing was postpartum depression. It was a little Aha. more intense. Yeah, yeah. More intense than like just baby blues, which is what I thought it was. And I, and also like, I think all baby that, blues is a bit of a myth, honestly. Yes. There's so many myths about it, about uh, how it's going to be right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I feel like I'm just um, eating up all the oxygen on your show. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else, do no. some talking, please. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask uh, Amanda if uh, if you could uh, tell us what's uh, what's been breaking you lately. So Wes is at camp now, which is pretty great. And he has uh, he plays with his little safe covid bubble where it's like the same families we know them they all go to this camp and they all they only play with each other and they like it's been very successful for now a couple months um and i think it's been a lifesaver for all of us uh but the other day while he was at camp they were playing a game called garbage as you do (laughs) where i guess you scream out of food and if you'll eat it you run and uh you try to cross the like cross the gym and there's a person that's it and if they tag you then you become the garbage person i don't quite know the i was in it for a minute there so far yeah but then you become the garbage person and so yell like 
dog shit, then what happens? Yeah. Well, there's also a space where they yell garbage and then everyone runs. And so it's like, oh. you know, like, so, right. Dog shit, nobody moves. So that, you know, you oh, got to say okay. things that you actually want, want people to move to. So, um, <laughs> so Wes was playing garbage and it was very uh, tense game. And somebody said oh. sushi. And I guess... Wes couldn't make up his mind whether he liked it or not. Neither could some of the other kids. And then finally, at the last minute, he was like, uh, you know, I do like a good California roll. And he like bolted across as a California kid. You that know, like amazing. he like, goes bolting across the gym. And his other friend was like, I like edamame and like ran. And so they ran into each other. <gasps> and his friend and him collided uh, his eye into Wesley's chin, which split it open. Oh. Uh, giant gash with blood going everywhere well emmeline sees wesley bleeding and just goes oh, wesley's dying and then starts oh screaming and crying benny turns around and goes wesley's dying sees the blood everywhere she starts screaming and crying all the kids now are like wesley's dying wesley hears he's dying so he starts hyperventilating and you this is this is camp it's summer camp so the people the little kids that they could get to come are 16 year old kids oh so God. like you know they're just like oh no so we get the call come get him it won't stop bleeding so we're like oh boy he's gonna need stitches so we pick him up it's it's true it doesn't stop bleeding the kids have calmed down they all realize he's not gonna die um i take wesley to urgent care because um i was scared of going to the er just because covid Mm-hmm. Um, and at least yeah, for everyone listening, smaller. for everyone listening, uh, Los Angeles is still like super yeah. uh, hot We're spot on lockdown with COVID. Still. We haven't yeah. stopped being in lockdown this whole time. No, we're we're killing it literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep, we are the winners. So, Dude, um, did you guys see that fucking map of the world? Yeah, <laughs> everyone. Yeah, yeah. We're not allowed to go anywhere. No, because no. we are contagious. Yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry. Fun. So we, so I go, I take him to urgent care. They do a good job making sure that keep people safe and away from everyone and clean. So that made me feel good. We get in there and when they go to do, they were like, he's going to need two stitches. So when they go to do the two stitches, Wesley all of a sudden just starts screaming, I'm so scared. And then Aww. he's like, life is really hard right now. Why Wait. is this happening to me? Oh I God. don't deserve this kind of life. Oh God. <laughs> Wait, oh my goodness. Also, wait, Aww. back it up. So they he's on a table lying down. Yes. Is that what's happening? In and a tiny they, urgent care where everyone can hear everything. And did, <laughs> how did did they numb his chin? What's happened? Well, this is before the numbing of the chin. <gasps> like, this is before the yes. oh, before they even get to the stitches. This is what he's just yelling. Yelling. And then he was like, I need you to explain every single part of the process. You're gonna stick a needle in my chin? Like, or he, he like oh, was like, yeah. I mean, just like, and then they, but then I get that. I get that. He wanted yeah. to know everything he was doing. And this yeah. one nurse was there. He's very sweet. He was like, how about I put a paper towel over your eyes? And then Wes was like, that's good. So he oh. does. And then the guy like picked his hands up and he was like, put your hands back down on that paper towel, please. <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, okay. And he was like, well, you're a sophisticated one, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> And Wes I just, needed look, his his hand to be like pre- sort of pressing down on the on his like, temples of his forehead God. while holding Aww. it. Yes, and then he was holding my hands. Um, and then they were like trying to be nice. They're like, "How many stitches do you think?" And he's like, two. I can hear." Like he was just <laughs> like 
Mr. Old Man in full force, just like, <laughs> you all, you dumbasses, just make this effing stop. Like, I don't, I have no space for you. What's the point? What is the point? Isn't it uh, awful when you're in pain and people are being like patronizing? Do you know what oh, I mean? We were like, all just like staring at each other like, uh-huh. Yeah. But at one point the nurse was like, you know what? It is really hard right now. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I can't do it either, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That's he was supposed verbalizing. To be he was verbalizing, I think, how we all feel, where it was yeah. just like enough of all this i i that's it i've had it i don't want to do it anymore this is just fucking hard and i'm done hold that over my eyes please thank you (laughs) (laughs) this is your nine-year-old my nine-year-old yeah is he normally really precocious like this he's um yes 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 yeah he's uh yeah yeah yep right he's always been like an adult He's always been an adult. He's, uh, yeah, he's always seen life from the viewpoint that you would think you see it after you've gone through some experiences. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't, you know, he's just like, no, I demand an answer and uh, you you can show me what I need to know, you know, and it's, it's he has always been kind of that way. Like, I always, I always describe him to people as saying, he's the kid on the playground that sits on the park bench and talks about what the other kids are doing and why it's dangerous and he doesn't get why they're doing that. <laughs> Like Wes has been that way. He's yeah. gotten a little more rambunctious and a little more like kid childlike as he's gotten older. He's like Peter Pan or not like Peter Pan, like Benjamin Buttons, but um but he um not Peter Pan. Peter Pan, yeah. I, I don't know. Wait, it's really opposite. quick. I I so relate to that. And my kids are that same way where it, it, like I think a lot of times is at the dentist, at the doctor, people forget that they need to like narrate what they're doing so yeah. that kids don't freak out. We've mm-hmm. been to the dentist before where the the lady will just like she won't even say like, "Hi, my name is whatever the fuck and like here's what I'm doing. Let's do this. Here's why." Mm-hmm. And she just starts doing it and the kids like freak out cuz some lady who they don't know put her hands in their mouth like mm-hmm. fucking just tell everyone what you're doing. I get yeah. it. I see you, Wes. Uh-huh. Yeah, people I mean, forget they're these sentient little beings whose safety is in our hands. And they definitely yeah. have, you know, they're they're taking it all in. Yeah, we're not well, at the vet. No, but I'm also, like, terrible with this stuff. I should be better. I know better. But, like, he'll be like, what's she going to do to me? And I'm like, well, I don't really know. I don't know. <laughs> but you were sure. probably freaked out, too. Oh, I, it, I don't like watching. I, like, when they numbed his chin, I watched him, like, just put it into his chin and then they were like gonna start the stitches and i was like nope i can't watch them do this to my child mm-hmm. and it was like mm-hmm. the smallest gash <laughs> like the tiniest of thing you know like it, it's not nothing and it didn't <laughs> stitches think, are like, gruesome they are yeah. sewing a person's skin it's mm-hmm. really weird and gross mm-hmm. i get it yeah, yeah it's like oh hold on i'm just gonna stitch this up like and i should have brought my dress that broke the other day right. like, can you also continue on like, like, so weird so and it's never as like pretty as you think they're gonna do like you think it's gonna be just perfect and it's Mm. i feel like it's always like wait what yeah you couldn't do better than that i was literally thinking about that recently i was thinking that they it's not like like hemming a dress like it is not a uniform neat stitch it's always like this person barely knows how to sew yes yeah jacked yeah, I don't get it. Like, I'm so sorry. Are you in a rush? What's happening? 
<laughs> like, can you send in the nurse to do the stitches? They're like, oh no, oh, no, I no. gotta. Or a seamstress. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, with my kids, when they got vaccine or when they get vaccines, I still look away. Like even though I'm holding them, I look away because I just can't. Vaccines were the hard part of having twins. That was one of the hardest parts for me because I would have three kids in a doctor's office by myself and then they give a shot and you have to hold the baby and comfort the baby and then they give another shot. So you have to give the baby away to some to the nurse that you would have in there and be like, hold the baby. Oh, and the next baby I'm sad about. And then like Wes would just be running in between everybody being like, they scream a lot. You know, you're like, I know, I know. And then you would do more. Yeah, like it was just, that was it. That was one thing that like I, I still can't believe the, <laughs> how hard just vaccines were with all of them. Oh, my God. Poor Wes having, like, an existential freak out on the yeah. table. Yeah, he did. And then, you know, uh, then I told him because we had to go to get them removed. And I was like, Oof. the removal's the easy part. That's the easy part. It's just, like, tugging on your skin. It'll be fine because <laughs> it's healed. And then he went – this time we went back to his doctor because we were like, well, they can remove it. We don't have to go to the urgent care where someone might be sick with COVID. But so we mm -hmm. were like, we took him to the doctor and uh, and the doctor was like, oh, um, these are really embedded. Uh, oh, and oh. they were like, and I just was like, oh, come on. Like I told this kid it was going to, this was the easy part. And like they had to really work to get them out. But, did it hurt? Uh, it did. It did. But he did better with that one. He did much better with that one. I think the needle like, and the scariness of the blood, like I think it just was all so intense. Mm -hmm. But with taking it out. Person. And he also knows like, oh, I got like a whole bunch of Pokemon cards and ice cream last time. So. <laughs> it's on you know Good. So, yeah because then i'm like you did that anything you want anything you want <laughs> like just yep so <laughs> whatever just to make you happy yeah <laughs> he's never gonna play garbage again he did say he really loves uh he loves that this happened to him now looking back at it uh -huh. because he can sit out of all of the activities that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's like the most west thing in the whole world he's like yeah I, I can sit out they just let me choose oh, oh my god, god. good good, that's good. Like <laughs> see that i relate to so intensely like yes. i just want to i just want to sit down i just want to sit down yeah. i don't want to do this but i i love too that he the reason it all happened is because he hesitated on whether or not he likes sushi <laughs> really the thinking about kid, it the one who liked edamame is he okay he was okay he got hit in his eye but it didn't uh it didn't get cut so yeah and it was like his best friend so he felt terrible oh, he was you no. know like he was like oh you know but that's what happens and i also felt very lucky that we haven't had more trips knock on wood to the emergency room yeah. you know we just like, had Steph Escajeda on the other day and I watched the episode of United We Fall which is mm -hmm. the show based on her life that she wrote on with her husband and uh they did in a whole episode where they go to the ER and it was hilarious today's episode is brought to you by Jonas Paul Eyewear they specialize in glasses for kids and teens aged 4 to 16. 
If your kid wears glasses, you know how difficult it is to find cute, comfortable frames, and you also probably know what a pain in the butt it usually is to get glasses. When I've gotten glasses for my kids, I had to drive an hour away to a specialty store, and then every single time there was an adjustment or an issue, I had to drive an hour there and then an hour back, and it was not great. But now I am so excited to try Jonas Paul eyewear. Their mission is to help kids feel beautiful and confident in their glasses, and you know that if they're going to actually wear them, that's super important. They offer a home try-on kit for just $1 that allows you to try out their glasses for a week without even leaving your home. There are no extra trips to the eye doctor. There's no more feeling rushed or pressured to get everything before you're ready. You can just order online, test out the glasses, and you can do it all from home. Prescription glasses start at $79, and that includes the prescription lenses. They also have blue light blocking lenses that are available for all of their frames, prescription and non-prescription, and they are perfect for extra screen time and online learning. So check it out. You, our listener, can save 15% off. You just go to Jonas Paul eyewear.com and you use the code whymommydrinks15 the number 15 and you get 15% off Jonas Paul eyewear 15% off whymommydrinks15 Do you experience stress or have anxiety or chronic pain or do you have trouble sleeping at least once a week Listen you are not alone many of us do Personally I struggle to sleep almost every night, especially since this pandemic has started. So in searching for anything that could help, I discovered Feels. What is Feels, you ask? Well, Feels is a premium CBD that's delivered directly to your doorstep. And it naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. So over time, using it, it helps you to relieve anxiety without the feeling of being high. Like, it's not like you get stoned. It just naturally helps reduce your anxiety. It's super easy to use. All you do is place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel a difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD, though, is that finding the right dose is important and everyone's dose is different. So leave room for experimentation over the course of a week or so, and you may need to take more or less to get to where uh, the feeling that you're looking for. If you have questions or you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. So you can always call and ask questions and they'll help you out with it. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, hangover, or addiction. And join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. So become a member today by going to feels.com WMD and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash W-M-D to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash W-M-D. Let me tell you what's been breaking me. Yeah. Um, uh, so when I decided to have a third, something that I saw a lot like when people weigh in on whether or not you should have a third, a lot of people would say, well, there's always two against one. And only that usually wasn't so much a factor because the older two are really close in age. They're only 20 months apart. And then they have their younger brother who's like five years younger or actually three years younger than, than the youngest. So usually that wasn't a problem because, you know, there was the baby and there were the two older ones. But now that the youngest is four, 
the older boys have been using the youngest to play off one another. So Mm. usually, so the nine-year-old has figured out that he can get his youngest brother, Odie, to do anything. And Odie is at the point now where he looks to his oldest brother to answer questions for him, like what he wants to do or what song he wants to um, dance to. His oldest brother, my my oldest Rex, he really has his, his youngest wrapped around his finger and he will do pretty much anything. And so so his eight-year-old brother has realized this at Ajax. And, um, and so he's been trying to like kind of pull Odie over to his side and I'll hear him talking to him and they'll be like, don't listen to Rex. He's not nice to you. Remember all those times he's been mean to you? He hits you all the time. And he'll like try, <laughs> he'll try to like you know, uh, what, like, like brainwash him or something (laughs) against his brother. And they both do it. And then Odie, of course, is just so thrilled that his older brothers are interested in him that he'll do anything. And, um, and so they, they just, they wield him against one, like, Odie, go to him and like hit him on the butt or like, go, go tell him that you, you know, whatever that he's a stinky but uh like it's always <sighs> and on top of it just the nine-year-old is so mean he's so mean to the eight-year-old it's it's so sad and so what's been happening then is the eight-year-old ajax will feel so left out so he's constantly like like they were out in the um in the Intex pool i i like to say Intex pool because we don't have a fucking like pool pool what's an Intex pool it's like an above ground inflatable pool that oh, cool. we'll probably put away in October or whatever. Um, yeah, they're great. So they like they were playing out there and then, you know, Ajax comes in crying and he's like, they're so mean at me. Uh, or, you know, uh, they'll be getting ready for bed and the other two, you know, the oldest and the youngest will be like yelling at him and then they'll be like slamming door. Like it's just... And he'll be like, they hate me. Ajax, or, you know, Rex hates me. And it's so sad. And I, I keep trying, like, and I keep vacillating between, like, on one hand, I want to get involved and be like, hey, like, your brother feels really sad about the way that you're treating him, you know, uh, and, and trying to help them, you know, manage that and bridge that. And on the other hand, it's like, well, fucking brothers being brothers. Um, like, it's kind of also the circle of life that just older brothers and younger, like, they, they fight. They fight. They're figuring out their, their pecking order. Um, but, you know, I've talked about this before that, like, the, that Ajax often gets really, like, packed like hen packed by his oldest brother and i've been i've been lately like seeing like old pictures and and ajax looks happier and i sometimes wonder if his brother is pecking him so hard that he that it that it has hurt him very deeply and i'm unsure if that's even true but I think it is. He's very sensitive and it really hurts him that his brothers he's, are like. But he's also struggled with being home and not being able to be social yeah. with other kids. He like struggles more than, the most. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could be a 
combo, you know? <laughs> He's like we so excited for school to start again. And I was like, what are you looking forward to most? And he was like, recess, lunchtime. <laughs> Betsy had when they were young was what did they have the same dynamic when the older two were young they always fought a lot and the oldest one is super smart and the and my uh, middle one Ajax is uh, super like big and strong mm-hmm. so they both would kind of like fight each other with those weapons <laughs> and, but yeah I our oldest is like ice cold. Like he's savage. He's brutal. <laughs> he's brutal. He See, I'm. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, he just says incredibly mean, harsh things, and it's like yikes, dude. Is the same well, to you as well? Yeah. yeah. Like what? Um, I mean, if he gets really mad, he just kind of like sees red, and he kind of rages. Like so, he'll. I mean, he says that he he saves the worst things for for Ajax. But I mean, on Father's Day, he said, fuck you, daddy, <laughs> my husband. Sorry. And no, <laughs> no, no, you, you should laugh. You should laugh. Kids curse no, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. And so profoundly fucked up. Uh, and he's, you know, he said to me, like, you're a bad parent. What kind of mother? Duh, blah, blah, blah. You're a bad mother. So, yeah, like he's he. He pierces us all to the core on the reg. So yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> and he's the, he's the super smart one versus the like more athletic one, right? Yeah. And or it's not bigger. even that he's he's just like he, he's not even athletic. He's just like bigger. Like he Got wears it. bigger clothes, he wears bigger shoes. He's always been um like physically uh matched, if not, you know, uh could ma- outmatch his older brother and he but he's also like very sensitive and very artistic you know he's just he's easy to hurt if you know all the mm. spots to to sort Which of pop. brothers always do oh don't they though i am relating so intensely to what you're saying and it's actually making me feel better to hear you say this because i've been sort of worried about similar things um elliot and owen for the most part elliot like, I feel like we really lucked out. We didn't have a lot of sibling rivalry at the beginning, although I feel like it's starting to come out now. I think because Owen just started walking. So yeah. maybe Elliot, like, it's weird how that has changed. I think That's before a game changer, for it real. really, I think it is because before it's like Owen is the baby, Elliot is the big boy. And now all of a sudden, Owen is more Person. like Elliot. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. For the most, you know, oftentimes it's, I like melt at how sweet it is. Elliot mm-hmm. said to me, um, mommy, I love Owen. He's my cutie. And Aww. I had this like big dumb grin on my face for like two hours. I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> this is so sweet. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, he'll also sometimes just decide that Owen shouldn't be playing with whatever toy he's playing with. So he'll rip it out of Owen's hands and throw it yep. or Whatever Owen, you know, if Owen does something that Elliot doesn't want him to do, Elliot will just like go, no, like in his face. And then Owen starts crying and Owen, the so Elliot, when Elliot cries, it's like a normal kid crying and it's sad, but it's still like, it feels like it's on the surface. It feels like he's communicating that he's angry or he's, you know, disappointed or, or, or trying to get his way or whatever. When Owen cries, it is like some it's like this 
wordless devastation grief (laughs) someone has betrayed him it is like i trusted you and you did this to me i've like never it's so sad it's just and it's, it's just like yeah it's just like the the sound of his cry and the look and so when oh when elliot yells at him he cries in this way and i worry about like what is the effect of yeah. the accumulation of someone getting in his face and yelling at him cuz like on every day there's probably at least one instance of him just crying because elliot because of the way Elliot treated him and Elliot didn't have that at all. And I feel like despite the stories I'm saying, like, I feel like Elliot has turned out really well. And I just like, what, what is, how is it going to have affected Owen? And my husband was saying something about like, you know, but maybe there's strengths that will come from it that we're not aware of. Like he'll, you know, learn, learn to stand up for himself or learn boundaries (laughs) or blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm, I don't know that I'm buying that. I just, I don't know what to do. That's my hope too. But yeah, I sometimes, yeah, instead of seeing that, I see him just being hurt. Yeah. Like what you were saying about the, looking at the photos, like that really, that really, I really felt that too, because that's my fear is that, because like, we're very proud of the fact that, um, that makes us sound a little bit like assholes, but for the most part, like we're happy with the fact that like Elliot has made it to three and a half and like knock wood, there's have not really been any traumas in his life. You know, for the right. most part, everything's like pretty stable, pretty good. Um, but I don't, but with, and with Owen, it's the same, except that he's got this little person yelling at him and taking his yeah. toys away all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I feel that my Ajax had said, uh, ever since I was five, Rex has been mean to me. Oh, and I think that's uh, true. Yeah. Because uh, about three years ago, he just started packing them real hard on a pretty consistent basis. And uh, and yeah. Do you ever talk to Rex about it? Yeah. Yeah. He does not. He will not. We cannot get him to ever take responsibility for mm. anything. Anything. He always makes it out to be like he's the aggrieved party and his brother has it coming in some way or that his brother somehow does this to him as well. So that makes it okay. Well, I remember – so I have um, I have two older brothers who are 11 years older than I am. So really my experience of being a little kid was that I was the first because they were – they didn't live with us – for, for most of the time. So, and I right. have a younger sister. So it was really my sister and me. And it's like, I was the older, you know, the older sister, she was the younger one. Oh, and wait. I remember, I'm out. Hang on, Allison. I'm so sorry. Yes. <clears throat> so Amanda, you have to go lead a meeting at, at work on yeah. Zoom now. Yeah. So uh, before you go, Amanda, I just want to let you know that you're doing a great job. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. And I'm sorry you had to watch your kid get stitches. I, I, uh, me too. <laughs> All right. Me too. <laughs> Have a fun meeting. Thank you for being on the show, Allison. And Nice uh, meeting you. Good yes, luck with everything. It's so nice meeting you. Sorry I had to leave early. No um, worries. All right, everybody. I'll talk bye to bye. you later. Bye. Okay. So please continue, Allison. Right. So I was the older sister. My sister was younger. And I definitely remember feeling like she was the one 
provoking me. She was mm-hmm. the one being unfair, but, and then I would, you know, stand up for myself or just not, not be in love with her behavior. And then she would cry. And then my parents, because she was little and looked helpless and was super duper cute. And I was awkward at that point. Like then, you know, they would take her side and they would get mad yes. at me. And it felt that's col- how my oldest felt so he unfair says that we are always taking the youngest side and that we don't yes. ever believe him, which is mm. fair. Cause you're right. Like it's at the end of the day, it's like, you are way bigger. You should definitely know better. And this little person is you know smaller than you and they can't defend themselves like you right like a lot of the time or there was a period of time where it was owen getting in in elliot's space and then elliot would push owen and of course then owen would cry but the truth is you know it was owen being annoying um and i and i i wish elliot understood that and i would even say like he doesn't understand he's just a baby but that's got to get really old when you're also basically just a big baby yourself right you're like no we're both the same yeah Yeah. i just i don't know it was interesting hearing you say that you're like trying to let them work it out um because maybe i i probably should be more hands-off like today i gotta learn how to like manage that stuff throughout their life right yes. and like this is the time to kind of spar in a safer environment yeah but, yeah who knows what kind of maybe permanent fucking that's damage they're what i'm yeah that's what i'm worried about like you know did am i not creating a a safe comfortable environment for owen to grow up in yeah right i know that sounds extreme but no but this i know morning, exactly what you mean this morning I was talking to Elliot and it was like pretty calm. It's sort of like that relationship advice to like talk about it with your partner, but like do it at a time, like not when you're in bed or whatever the thing is, you know? So um, that's, this is a, that's a really weird way to lead into what I'm about to say. Um, but it was like calm with Elliot. So I just wanted to have like a casual calm conversation about not getting in his brother's face and yelling no. Yes. Um, and he seemed <laughs> to understand it. I love and- that. Um, I just have like a little suggestion. Yeah, just like you're doing such a great job as a big brother. Yeah, but yeah. I, I noticed that sometimes, you know, you 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 yell no at Owen and he cries and he doesn't really understand it. So I think you should, um, you know, if you if there's something he's doing that you don't have to do, tell me. That's that's right. what, like our refrain. Um, and then he got this like sad look on his face, like he had been reprimanded. And he was like, there's something else I did wrong. Uh-oh. 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 Oh, what? no. Not like he was confessing, but like that was his oh. reaction to the, Yeah. No. Um, it was just like that was sort of what he was saying about this. Like, I did another thing wrong. Um, and I felt so – and then I tried to be like, no, no, no. Like I tried to backpedal. Like, you're not doing anything. Oh, it was just – it was awful. So, Allison, tell us uh, – or just t- tell me uh, – what has bro- – <laughs> What has broken you? What has driven you to drink? I have been broken and driven to drink so many times, but the most recent one that happened (laughs) just yesterday is my three-year-old has decided he no longer likes hugs and kisses. And no, it is not as dramatic as a sushi fracas um, or uh, the, the devastation of... Ajax. But I, I feel like we need to name this episode Sushi Fracas, by the way. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but I'm shocked at how much it is bothering me. And I know that like 
he's just asserting his autonomy and this is something <laughs> important for him to do. But I just feel like three is really young so for this to be happening. And also, he started calling me mom instead of mommy sometimes. Uh. And I'm just like we're in a quarantine. Like you're not, there's no outside forces. Like where are you picking up these bad, bad teenage ways? Um, but anyway, he, I asked if I could have a hug and he said, no, he doesn't like hugs. Um, but then he said to me, since you like hugs, mommy, you can hug yourself. <laughs> and then he demonstrated putting like wrapping my arms around myself, which I really feel like is like a three-year-old's way of like saying like, go fuck yourself. 100%. That was exactly what happened in my mind. I was like, oh, like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay. And then usually Daniel and I both um, go into his room to to put him to bed. And then I – so I put Owen to bed and Daniel puts Elliot to bed. But we both go into Elliot's room. And then, like, you know, I I hang out for, like, a minute. And then I'm like, okay, I'm, you know – it's time for mommy to go to bed. Can I have a hug and a kiss? Mm-hmm. And then he gives me a hug and a kiss. And then, or like I hug him, I kiss him. Then he gives me a, cu- a kiss on my cheek. And then I pat his head in a specific way. And then I, it's like very ritualized. Yeah. And then I leave. But he has recently, and honestly, I think what this is related to is he, his like transitional object or security object is mm. those wubbin up pacifiers, those pacifiers that have the oh, little yeah. stuffed animal on the end. P.S. He- for anyone listening who has a newborn or is just about to have a kid or is just thinking about a kid, uh, wubbin ups, first of all, the name is fucking stupid. But <laughs> second of all, they will save your life yeah they're great they're amazing we've had so many over the years like at a certain point he had because he never got attached to a stuffed animal never got attached to a blanket or anything but it's just been these wubbinubs which he calls uppy which i think is him trying to say wubbinub like since he's barely (laughs) talking they're yeah we have like um we have like wubbinubs that have (laughs) this is so gross have been like handed down from from child to child i think that's that's kind of sweet and I it mean, makes I a little bit gross the, but like you're supposed to they say like oh it's gonna break off and choke everyone to death but i don't know they never got like weird they we yeah. just put them in the in the clothes washer and it was fine yeah apparently right. like breast implants they have an expiration date and you're supposed to like get new right. ones but it's same with bottle nipples but i we have recycled our bottle nipples and Same. it's been fine. Um, they're silicone. There's those, nothing's ever happening to those things. Um, so anyway, so he had his uppies um, until like he, he still likes to have them. And, you know, any, if I ever post anything on social media, there's always a few people who have to let me know, like he really shouldn't Ugh. have a pacifier anymore. Uh, and it's like a thing Boo. we feel insecure about just that, you know, a lot of kids gave them up a lot younger and he still loves them and we're okay with that. When we took him to the dentist for the first time, we were afraid the dentist was going to read us the riot act, but he yeah. was really very like cool and chill about it and was just like, yeah, they usually give him up by four. And when he does, you know, the, the, um, the teeth will kind of go back to where they're yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. I want to interject and say that, I think we all get a lot of guilt about letting mm. our kids have pacifiers past the age of like one. Right. I know that for my my older two kids, they both just stopped with pacifiers at age one. And so I never had to like really deal with it. Mm-hmm. But 
um the my my four-year-old now he used his pacifier like constantly all day all night his teeth were royally fucked that's how it is a really weird but here's the thing he's four and a half now and his teeth are totally normal his mouth is not malformed and it's totally fine and anyone who's like you know pressuring people you know we're all getting from everyone the doctor the dentist the friends the parents like Mm -hmm. you know the grandparents just just know like um i I want everyone to uh, repeat my parenting mantra which is "Eh, it's probably fine (laughs) it's probably fine (laughs) i love i love it (laughs) so when did Odie give it up um when did he give it up and did he do it by his himself or did you have to do it somehow we had to do it it was either his third or his fourth birthday i can't remember okay that, that makes it might have been his better because elliot's like he's got an open bite and the t- you know it's so like yep. it's so clear the way that the pacifier has affected his teeth so that makes <laughs> yeah, me so happy like that it's normal little, like a duck bill shaped yes. uh, <laughs> upper <laughs> palate so i think it's really cute but um yeah it it goes away i don't know in in the case of us it totally like he looks totally normal there's no trace of it good so yeah actually i was feel because he's toilet training too uh, as well right now and i'm Mm -hmm. like i don't want to like compound everything the dentist seems fine but um he was napping on daniel and daniel like got a good gander at the the duck bill and was like okay we have to do something about this So, so We said to him one morning, like, honey, how about you leave the uppies in bed? You can have them in bed, but how about we don't have it during the day? Yeah, that was our first step. Yeah. And like in exchange for that, we're going to get you this toy that you want. Mm. So he, it went so smoothly. Like he has, you know, he didn't put up, he was like totally fine with it on board. Like in the morning, he'll even say to me, like, remember, no uppies. (laughs) Nice. But... I think this new no hugs and kisses thing might be related. Like, I feel like he's like, you're taking away something I like. I'm taking away something you like. So this regimented bedtime routine that apparently I need more than him has changed. (laughs) And now he doesn't want me to come into his room. He just wants to say goodnight to me, like in the living room. And so last yeah. night he was like, you know, maybe like eight feet away from me. And he's like, okay, good night, mommy. He's um, social distancing. Yes. And I said, um, you know, can I have a hug and a kiss? And he's like, no, I have to hold my things. He wasn't holding anything. Like his dad was holding his, the water that he takes into his bedroom and the book that he wanted to bring. And he's like, no, I have to hold my things. And I'm like, okay, so no hug and kiss. And he's like, no, I have to hold my things. And I realized I'm going to have to watch that little shit spin on his heel and walk away from me without a hug and a kiss. And I have to, it was so weird. I really like flash forward to like one day we're going to drop him off at college. Right. <laughs> Mom, drop me so off of two blocks away from high school. Yeah. yeah. It was so weird. And it was weird, oh. like how it plunged me into this like very, sad mood yes um, so that's devastating it was it's like, devastating but we worked then, so hard to raise these kids and that's like the main thing we get back it's like hugs and kisses that's a main yeah. transaction because we don't get a lot of other stuff it's the currency. but honestly <laughs> it's 
the only kind of the only power he has. Yeah. So but then Daniel was like, why don't you give mommy a kiss? Because I had this sad look on my face right. that Daniel later – by the way, Daniel is coming off like so well here as if, as if he's like the perfect parent. He's, he's really good, but we all have our moments. But anyway, because afterwards he was like, you know, I don't think – you didn't do anything wrong, but I think that you should try not to let, let him see how sad it makes you because you don't want to make him feel like he's responsible for your emotions. He's just like trying this out. Uh. I'm like, you're totally right. But anyway, so I had this like sad, dejected face. And then Daniel's like, why don't you give mommy a kiss? And he's like, okay. And then he came over and gave me a kiss. And then I'm like, can I give you a hug? And then it was totally fine. So it ended, there was like a happy ending on it, but I truly thought like, this is it. Has it only happened the one time? Yeah. uh, The not giving me a, the, the, the threatening to cut me off from hugs and kisses before he went to bed, that has only happened once, but it's been a few days now where he's like announced as if like announcing what he's going to be when he grows up. Like, I don't like hugs and kisses anymore. I don't like that. Oh, man. Doesn't it I mean young? Oh, that's so story. hard. That's so hard because like, of course, when we were kids, everyone was like, go, you know, go kiss, go kiss your weird uncle, your weird uncle. Exactly. And you're like, I don't want to. And they're like, you better go fucking kiss your weird uncle. Yeah. And like, that's problematic for a host of reasons. Right. And so we, of course, in our generation of parents, um, I think for the most part, we're like, you know, y- your body is yours. And like, yes. you know, sorry, grandma, she doesn't feel like hugging you. We're not going to push it. And, uh, you know, and, and a lot of older relatives don't get it which is totally understandable Mm -hmm. um but yeah like yeah you don't want to be like go on even though you don't feel like it like kiss and hug these people yeah like don't Uh, don't listen to your instincts I can remember I can remember being like the height of an ottoman basically and (laughs) being kind of nervous about having to cross through the, like the furniture and the legs to go hug an old person who smelled like perfume that I didn't feel mm. comfortable with. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. I feel so like I don't want to do that to him. Childhood was just being was just being like uh not manhandled cuz no one like hurt me, no one mm-hmm. abused me, but like just kind of manhandled by various old relatives yes. like my mom's longtime boyfriend's mom uh would always like pinch my cheeks Ugh. like it was a fucking stereotype and it was just like you know imagine a dog with their head out the window and their like gums flapping it was like that but like against my will and i wasn't <laughs> a, a smiling dog right uh, it was painful it was remember- like that but like completely oh. not like that yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that, but like the opposite of that. Okay, yeah, no, but, but like, I get what you're saying. The loose, and we were in a car. <laughs> the flapping of the of the gums and cheeks, like he made he flapped your face. Yeah, yeah, she flapped my face. Um, yeah, and it and it was painful, and I hated it, but I had to like endure it. Yeah, my brothers gave me noogies, and I feel like Aww. they thought it was like a fun game, and I it hurt. I did not like it. I think a lot of that stuff was like we were grow, yeah, we were raised to really like take a lot of yeah. stuff that's kind of like mildly abusive. And looking back, it's like, yeah, that wasn't cool at all. Uh, and it's really hard to figure. Like, my kids have now learned. Actually, the my middle kid, Ajax, the the uh, eight year old, he has figured out how to in true brother form. It's really 
something to behold. He's figured out how to weaponize farts. <laughs> I love it. And so My now entire he's family like, thinks farts are funny. There you go. Yeah. So he like you mean you're immediate. You're like your sons and your husband and you. Yes. Yes. Okay, like we, even the one and a half year old, if he hears one or if he uh, releases one, he giggles. So. <sighs> That's adorable. Yeah. So yeah, the, the eight-year-old now will be like, hey, come here. And then he'll like, uh, or like, <laughs> he can fart on people's heads. Like he can do it on command. And uh, he is, I don't think he has any idea just how powerful that's going to be his whole life. Uh, but yeah. I admire uh, it. <laughs> I admire that. But like, it, you- when you think about it, it's awful how many of us got, you know, brothers farting on our heads our whole lives and stuff like it's kind of terrible (laughs) oh god i just remembered something else they would do they would like like kind of pin me down and then let like a big blob (gasps) of spit dangle and then suck it up yeah i forgot about that that is classic that's maybe that's classic brothering it really is it's like brothering straight out of like goonies era yes Um, yes it's like an 80s movie gosh and they also they also had bench presses, which is like a very eighties movie thing. Oh my! God. Are they older than you, or I they're eleven? You were oldest. No, so I have um I have brothers from my dad's first marriage who are they're <sighs> twins and they're eleven years older than I am. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but that oh my god, oh my god, they and must I have like terrorized you. I mean, I'm. Really, it wasn't that bad. I'm mentioning okay. the things that were that ter- terrorized me. It was the split, the spitting, and the noogies. The rest was like pretty okay. But I have this lifelong. Uh, I'm like repulsed by people hawking loogies, or like when yep. I'm walking and I see a loogie just glistening on the street. Or I there's uh this. Allison, my you youngest also? sister. My youngest sister has. I also have like a complicated family situation, mm-hmm. not unlike what you're describing, uh, possibly more complicated. Uh, but uh, my youngest sister has a real thing about worms and snakes. She like freaks out and it's because my brothers would always take worms and put them on her. And oh. she she's like phobic. And I'm sure. Similar. It's just, yes. Similar. There was this guy that I had a crush on um. And I remember we were waiting outside to be let into the art studio at our – no, it wasn't like an art studio, but where the art class was at our high school. The teacher's mm-hmm. name was Mrs. Painter, by the way, which is very, like, very oh weird. I love that so much. Really quick, did she have an asymmetrical haircut and did she wear, like, flowy things? No, but my, no but my grade <gasps> school um, teacher, Mrs. Sherwin – her, my grade school art teacher was totally that. She'd wear like yes. like denim maxi skirts and yes. cardigans and the chunky bracelets and like turquoise yes. and wood jewelry. Um, she totally was that. No, Mrs. Oh, Painter yes. also taught history and she was like oh. this benevolent um, but stylish older lady who had like whitish hair and a bun and glasses. Great. But I, I always loved that her name was Mrs. Painter and she taught art. So anyway, we were waiting it. for her to let us into the class and this guy who – up to this point, I had a big crush on. All of a sudden, just went like hawked a loogie <gasps> at a bush, and I watched it like catch on a leaf and then dangle. And I still haven't forgotten about it. <laughs> it's so awful. Uh, and and of course, he had no idea. I mean, he no. should have known not to do that anyway. But ugh, gross. I don't I think he. I think it was an unreciprocated crush, and that challenged it quite a bit. So, can I tell you something? Yes. Um, I took an improv class from you in New York many moons ago. What? I was trying to think of when it was. I think 
Because I moved to New York in 2002. Uh And I think it was either 2002 or 2003. I took a few classes at UCB. I took a sketch writing class with Ian Roberts. And then I took like improv level one with you. (gasps) And I remember, you probably taught so many classes that you don't remember specific classes. But I do remember the students. Yeah. I do remember, I was thinking about it. I remember some of the names of the other people in the class because that exercise we did at the very beginning to remember other people's names, where you'd like say the name and do a gesture. I remember some of them. Um, I remember you said something about your age and I was like, Uh how old are you? And you're like, I wish I could remember what you said. You you didn't- You don't want to know. You don't want to know. I was, you were like- you're like, oh, it's ridiculous or something yeah. like that. Yeah. People would always ask me my age because I appeared You're very young, young right? and I was very young. Yeah. yeah. I was older than a vast majority of the people that I taught. And uh, you yeah. younger than them? What? You said you were older than them. Do you mean younger oh, sorry. than them? I was younger than a vast majority of my own students. Yes. Um, and so people would always be like, how old are you? And I would just never tell them because... Uh, I didn't want them to feel weird Mm -hmm. because I knew that they would. Right. There was a woman in there named Addie Walsh. um, And I think her son was in there too. And I later saw her name in the credits of all my children. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A real real star. And also what I remember is, did the class move around? Because I remember I, t- oh. I went and took another class after, but I remember various locations. I think. Yep, that sounds right. There, there were certainly times there where we, we were. Uh, it was the, it was the UCB Improv Diaspora. Yes, the Diaspora. Oh my god, uh, I'm an idiot. Um, but wait, why? Why did it keep? Mo- why was it? Um, ambulatory why did it keep moving around (laughs) because we had um let me i'm trying to think i think it was during the period okay right when we were at 22nd street we had the upstairs space and then we got kicked out of that uh because of fire code violations and right during that period we performed and taught at just like places all over the place that makes sense yeah, and then we got our place on 26th Street, and then we were able to have, like, steady um, – oh, my gosh, so you were my student? I mm-hmm. hope I didn't suck. I was, like, uh, out of my mind uh, when I was younger and, like uh, – <laughs> No, you were reeling from, <laughs> reeling from some, like, um, PTSD um, in my life that was, like, never resolved. And I look back, and I'm like, oh, my God, I was a fucking animal. Um, <laughs> you know, you were really good. I feel like I sucked. Like I could never, I could never let go enough. Like I remember there was an exercise where we were supposed to like lay on the ground and be babies of different ages. Uh-huh. Yes. Do you remember that one? Yes. And there were some people in the class who were like, you are giving this your all. And I just feel like I was like, I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> enough to do the things that were required for a herald but i did learn like and then i went on and i did a class with sean conroy um but i i like missed a lot of that one and then i was like i don't think this is for me but i feel like i still i learned a lot and like it's been fun to watch other people whose names i remember from my time at ucb go on to do a lot of cool things who like who who do you remember (sighs) 
Um, Will Hines, Elliot mm-hmm. Kalin, Josh Rubin. Oh my um, God. Was Josh Rubin in your class? Yes. Okay. Do yeah. you remember that class? Was, um, I mean, I definitely remember that I taught baby Josh Rubin. Yeah. He was like a widow, widow baby. <laughs> he was. Right? <laughs> he was so widow. Um, and he was like, I feel like he had just gotten out of college, maybe. Like, if that, maybe he was so young. Um, and then we just like watched his star ascend. Um, I, I still fe- I feel like the way he said his name was like Josh Rubin. I feel like I still remember that. And then there was also a kid named Billy Hot Chocolate. Oh my god, Billy Hot Chocolate, yes. What happened to him? Um, I can't remember if he still goes by Billy Hot Chocolate. He might go by Billy Parker now. Oh. And I think he's I don't think he improvises anymore, but I think he's kind of like adjacently, you know, he's got a finger in it. Like he got might it. he might be I don't know. I don't know. And Elliot Kalen and Will Hines, I think that they were in the Elliot. sketch writing class I took. Who's Elliot? I don't know who Elliot is. Elliot Kalen wrote for Jon Stewart for a while. No um, way. Yeah. And then he he does the Flophouse podcast. Huh. And also he wrote a children's book, Horse. I think it's called Horse Meets Dog. I have it. It's very good. Oh, it's very funny. So it sounds like he's a real loser just up to nothing, huh? <laughs> yeah. Now he, he went on to do nothing. And he has, he has two or three kids as wow. well. So can I ask you about this decision to have a third? Because yeah. um, I struggled so much to get my two kids and I felt like, oh my God, like I got everything I wanted children wise. Um, right. And then-, and then uh, my period was really late one month, very recently. And I was like, this is probably perimenopause, like something's going on. And then I'm like, well, I should at least take a pregnancy test because if I go to a doctor, they're going to ask, is there any way I can be pregnant? And I right. don't think there is, but I should just take it. And in between the time when I took it and the time when I got my negative result, I really started fantasizing about having another kid. And I think it's like in the face of knowing that I just don't, I mean, I could email my fertility doctor and be like, is there any way that this could possibly work? You know, but I just, I don't, I like my husband definitely doesn't want another one. And I don't think there's any way I could actually do it, but I've started fantasizing about having a bigger family. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a lifestyle choice. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> um, all of a sudden, it's like things like going on airplanes and, um, you know. Even uh, cars. They, I, we would have to get a yes. different car. Yes, that we had to get a different car. And a different house, oh. I think. <laughs> and a whole new name. And a new. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we would have to go by Billy Parker. <laughs> new passports. <laughs> identities for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> go by Billy Parker. <laughs> We're all Billy Parker now. Everyone be cool. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it definitely changes. Like, even I was looking, I was trying to find um, RVs for, like, going mm. on a trip. And you can find RVs for four people for days. But if you want five people, it's, like, a whole fucking thing. Um, so it definitely is, like, um, a, a choice. So... Mm-hmm. That said, I know for me personally, you know, so my family situation is my parents were married, they had me, they divorced, and then my dad remarried and had three more kids with my stepmom, and my mom stayed single but um, adopted three kids on her own. Oh, wow. So I'm one of seven, wow. but, it's, but I'm also kind of an only child, mm-hmm. and 
and you know because i'm at least eight years older than the next sibling i see um and actually um the oldest one um one of my siblings didn't even he was adopted from uh honduras and it took like two years for him to arrive so i really was like an only child until i was like 10 Mm -hmm. um so for me two kids always felt um really small Mm -hmm. three seemed really normal because in both of my parents houses there were three kids in addition to me um and so that felt like really like a normal size my dad comes from four and my um and my mom comes from three my husband on the other hand for fucking generations and generations his whole family both sides everyone has two kids and that's fucking it and (laughs) and the idea of three kids was like insane to him Mm -hmm. but i just here's for me personally i felt like there was a person there was a person missing that i had yet to Mm. there was like a this is so woo woo but there was like a spirit out there that i was waiting to meet and i needed to mm, i needed to make that that last person when did you start feeling that that's so interesting when did i start feeling that i don't know i think i always it was always kind of in the back of my mind as when i had my very first kid i wanted another one right away mm-hmm. like right right after i had that baby I was like, great, I'm ready, you know, to do this again, like immediately. Yeah. And and part of it is just like getting up the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. I feel like getting pregnant and having a baby, it's a little like bungee jumping or something. Not that I've ever <laughs> bungee jumped, but like you really have to get kind of like worked up to 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 get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm ready for this physical, emotional yes. challenge. Mm-hmm. And once you're in it, you're like fucking in it, you know? Right. And so after having my first, I was like, okay, I'm ready just to jump right back in. So we right. so my like first I know how were, to do this. Yes. And like, it's sort of like rip off the bandaid. Let's do this like real fast, right in a row. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be like in the shit and then we'll be out. And so that, you know, so then there were, they were 20 months apart, but I always kind of wanted another one, but we were living in Brooklyn and there was no chance that we could afford or have space for another kid. And then when we moved out to Los Angeles, it was sort of up in the air still. It's like, oh, we might be able to still have another kid if we wanted. And we were both, I think I was more into it, but my husband was way more in, you know, on the fence. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was actually when I got pregnant with, so, okay. So when we moved out here, my sister lived with us and she like, she was like my wife, like she helped <laughs> <laughs> with the kids and with the house and stuff. That's and nice. Yeah, it was amazing. She, yeah, it was amazing. And because of that, I was like, well, there's only so much time that she's going to live with us before she leaves. And once she leaves, I won't be able to manage three kids probably. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I might as well just <laughs> do, do it. this now um, because I may never have the chance and, you know, and, and I'm getting older and, uh, you know, that's always a thing in our, all of our heads. Totally. Just like, oh, is it going to be easy? Is it going to be hard to do? You know, you, you never know how much of a challenge it's going to be. And when I went into my first like ultrasound or whatever, they were like, oh, I don't think this baby, I don't think this whatever zygote is like growing. It might have, we might not, this might not be a, what did they call them? Viable. 
there you go. A viable the fetus might be, or embryo might not be viable, maybe. Yes, exactly. Ugh. And and it was like the very first, so it was so early. Yeah. And uh, and I was um and I was like okay, and but I was like so strangely devastated, yeah. even though it was so early, and I already had two kids. But I remember crying to my husband, like uh, he was like, "We can try again," and I was like, "But I but I want this one. This is oh, the one I you knew it." And I have to say. Uh, he is a fucking ray of sunshine. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and, and so he ended up be it that ended up being Odie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, oh, that's so and he's he's the one. He's the kid that is uh, most like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and I are like I think much more sort of I don't know like attuned to one mm-hmm. another. So yeah, on one hand. It's like if we had stopped at two, it we would have been more than happy and more than satisfied with what we had. And and, you know, <laughs> by now we would be in a lot of ways kind of out of the shit mm-hmm. and uh, able to maybe travel if it weren't for, you know, right. coronavirus and stuff. Because um, that's something I really miss. Like, oh, God, I really I have such a travel bug and mm-hmm. having kids has really put a damper on that financially and just you know, the ability to go places and not yell at someone. (laughs) I don't want to go to France and yell. Uh, (laughs) uh, Just stay home and yell. It's free. Uh, (laughs) But but I do have to say like, you know, for me personally, I just knew that there was like this person, there's this like soul, which is weird because I'm not a religious person. I'm not woo woo. I don't have crystals, but (laughs) I had this feeling there was a person that I needed to meet and, and he was the person um, but and then once he was born, like I remember the day I got home, I was like, "Great, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to ever have another baby again." Like my body so was finished. So I don't yeah. know. I feel like the the fucking universe like kind of made that decision for me. Right. Um, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah i <clears throat> I always knew that I wanted more than when I was young. I would say I want two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I got older. I felt like I'll be lucky if I can even have two, um, huh. you know, and I might have to make, this is like at the point at which it was like, okay, you know, we need a whole team of scientists to, to make this happen <laughs> and a shitload of money. So at that point it was like, I'll be lucky if I can even have one and I'm going to need to make peace with the fact that maybe I'm only going to be able to have one. Right. Um, and you know, I like my, my therapist was like, you know, there's, there's, all sorts of benefits to only having one. There's all sorts yeah. of benefits to having siblings. Like there really is no better situation. And I was like, um, okay, bullshit. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, and it was interesting when, when my second came home, the whole feeling of the family changed. It was, it was weird. Like yeah. I, I never felt like something was missing before, but it felt so much more complete Yeah, when he got there. Um, and it, so it's new that all of a sudden I'm like, maybe it would even feel more complete if there was like another one. Right. How your, oh, your youngest is a year, a year and a Uh, half. Yeah. I mean, really, I, it was so hard to get those two. Like, I think that if I really wanted to have another one, I, it would be like adoption or like donor eggs or something. Uh And, and also I just, I was so happy to not have to do injections, to not yeah. have to do all the procedures, to not be pregnant anymore. Yeah. I really think it's I really think it's a bit of like 
I, you know, in, in this pandemic, we're all kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And I think yeah, that what it's is like, life? What is my life? What? Are, yeah, yeah. Like getting pregnant. It's something that I like, it's been the focus of my life for, for the past many years. And yeah. it's like a project. And I think I'm just a little bit at sea maybe right now. And I like, I'm sort of, I think maybe that's why I want to do it. Even though like, if, if a miracle happened and I could have another kid, that would be great. But I also yeah. think like, it's going to be great with these two guys. Yeah. Well, two things. I mean, one, like fucking uh, moms who have who are pregnant and 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 give birth at like, you know, 45 and up are just like fucking superheroes. I don't know how that works. Uh, I mean, there's I mean, it's just the there's higher risks. Yeah, I don't I don't quite know how they do that either. I was so tired this last pregnancy and my whole body. It was like I was by the end of my pregnancy. It was like um, I don't say this to undermine people who have disabilities, but I felt very like almost like disabled. Like I felt like I couldn't do the things that I normally could do. Uh, I just, I felt like that's true. If you drop something, you can't get it. (laughs) I just felt so trapped in my body. Yeah. And it was such a relief to not be pregnant. So, but I know people who had, you know, babies in their late forties and, and I'm just like amazed that they ever left the house. Um, wait, in their late forties, how is that even possible? I mean, I guess Uh, it is. It's complicated. I mean, you know, you've, you've been there uh, in, in a lot of ways. Right. But yeah, it's really fucking complicated. Do you act in shows or like write shows? Uh, no, I mean, I have d- I have done a little bit of that, but no, that I don't. I just know that in the past when I have produced like a, a, a like a I used to do I used to have a, a partner, a comedy partner. And we would do two woman shows and we would put ev- just all of our time and energy. It was like all we thought of all the time. And uh, it was like birthing this fucking sketch show. And you had all these hopes about what it would do and what sort of things you could attain from it. And then there was always this moment, this lull when the show was over and mm-hmm. sort of everything died down where you were like, oh, like it was, it was like depressing I, kind of. I definitely have. So I have definitely had career things like that where it's yeah. like everything is like the preparation and the focus and the work and the worry and the like running through to my head. And cause I've done like, you know, live shows and things like that. And it's like, yeah. and then when it's over, you're like, oh, now what? So yeah, I know now what? what? Yeah. It's like, oh, I thought that was going to lead to maybe something, you know. So I feel like even giving birth can sometimes be like that. Because, mm-hmm. like, you're pregnant and everything's about you, and then the baby comes, and now it's not about you, but it's about this <laughs> other person. But then it's like, at the end of the day, you're now you're just by yourself uh, with your shirt off all the time yeah. and covered in shit and piss and – Right, and you're like oh, and not sleeping. I'm like a big sleep person. I I begin to feel insane if I don't get enough sleep. And like when you have a newborn, there's no way to get enough sleep. Oh my god, no, it breaks your brain. And I think it does yes. it. On, honestly, I think it's like the fucking universe is like brainwashing us and like getting us acclimated to our new normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, they. Like, I think I've heard that because you know, at a certain point near the end of pregnancy, you can't sleep well. And I've heard people yes, theorize like that it's you. like yeah, to get you ready. It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Even when you were talking about like um, when when you were at first uh, you had two viable embryos in the beginning. Right. Um, and 
and how it was hard to be comfortable with that feeling of not having control, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you yeah. were sort of saying? I mean, that's what I, I didn't, I didn't say it as articulately as that, but yes, that's what it was like. It was like, this is not the way I wanted it. Uh, but I feel like I have to, I'm supposed to be happy, but I'm scared. How am and I, I going like to do it? Yeah. All of that just prepares you. What you said, I was like, wow, that prepares you for parenthood so well. Yes just capitulating to the chaos of it all. Yeah. I remember someone told, oh, like a, a a woman who babysat for us, who's, um, I remember, you know, at the beginning when I would have babysitters, um, a way for me to like gauge whether I thought this was a good babysitter or not was like, if I feel like I'm learning something from them. Oh. Um, and uh, obviously like, you mostly you just want to make sure your kids are safe, but but it's great if like you if they know so much about babies that you're learning from them and yeah. and one who is like very knowledgeable said to me that um you know the the more worked up they get the more calm I try to get and oh. that is hard because I tend to like same so many like any one of these thousands of moments could have been like the is a thing that <laughs> like breaks me or makes me want to drink it's like when. When one of them's like, mommy, 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 oh my God. mommy, mommy. Oh my and then also like our dog <laughs> is, is barking and like, and like scratching at something. Yeah. And then like, I, I'm worried that Owen's like about to like, you know, dart into another room. And then my husband who I love is like on his phone. And I'm like, how Dude. are you hearing any of this? <laughs> Those moments I become like my adrenaline surges. I cannot yeah. remain calm. I, yeah. I get really freaked out. Same. It's been like a discipline to just be like, it's okay. You know, if, if Wendy is like, that's our dog. If she's jumping up and like, (laughs) (laughs) if she's scratching something, it's okay. You know, just, and it's okay. If I, you know, if Elliot is like, mommy, 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 you know, it's, I don't know, but those, those moments I hate. Are you still in New York, Allison? No, no. Um, I moved, I was there until 2010 and then moved back to LA. And so we're in Burbank now. Great. Okay. Awesome. How did you, how did you get, uh, how, how do you and Greg Fitzsimmons know each other? I see that you, you do a podcast together. We do childish together. So, um, we have been friends for years and years and years, but I initially met him. I was the news girl on the Adam Carolla show from what time I'm trying to remember from 2000. 11 to 2000, end of 2004. So for four years. Um, and we initially met on the Adam Carolla show and then we became friends and started doing each other's podcasts. And we always had this great chemistry. And so I was like, we should be doing a podcast together. And he's like, yes, but for now, why don't we just go on each other's podcasts a lot? And I'm like, fine. <laughs> Let's work. Yeah. So we did that for a while. Um, and then we, we had been talking about, we had like announced the podcast and been talking about like- doing it. Let's make this official. And he's like, mm, how about we just uh, fuck around for yeah. a while? He's like, Listen, I'm not going to be sleeping with other people, yeah. but I don't want to <laughs> feel trapped. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you a drawer. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so then we actually announced it. And then it still took us a while to get our shit together. Oh, Initially, man. it was called Loin Fruit. It was his suggestion. Oh, I think it's really funny. I think it's funny too. I loved that name. So many people though were like, love the show, but what's the name really going to be? Like, and he, oh. <laughs> he, listened, he was like, look, I'm getting a, a lot of people don't like the name. So then 
we named it Childish, which I also think is good. I just also like yeah, Wonder Fruit. That's a so, great yeah. name. And so so that's been that. And um, it's, it's hard fun. when you have to live with that name forever. Like I know Jimmy Pardo has never not funny and he yeah. constantly grouses about like we should have never named it that. Uh, and like we call our show Why Mommy Drinks. But it's not a show about drinking. But people are always like, I don't like that they're t- making women oh. drink. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh, mommy drinking culture yeah uh, oh i didn't so i didn't even that's funny i didn't even think about how i didn't even think about the angle of like it being about drinking thank you because it's You're not <laughs> it's <laughs> just about why like what have you all done to push mommy over the edge that's what it's about <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not about like oh i'm a wine mom and yeah. it's wine o'clock um <laughs> i mean i don't mind taking advantage of that but it's not what we're about oh, can God. we talk about mommy memes and some of them are funny but in general i find like all that mommy blog mommy meme culture it like makes me roll my eyes well it's like a whole wormhole with like so many different you know venn diagrams in there I mean, I don't know. There's so many parts of motherhood that I'm just like, oh, no, I'm going to opt out of that one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm subscribed. (laughs) Log off. So memes are like that. Memes and blogs. I'm like, oh, that's not. Nope, that's not my style. Uh, So I just kind of like, you know, turn turn away from it because it's just there's so much. It's so vast. And and, you know, so many moms, they want to be seen. They want to be heard they want to be understood they want to reach out um and uh and they want to know that the feelings that they're feeling are okay uh but yeah we're all having a different experience and I'm not always on Mm. board with no my feeling about them generally is like I'll read it and it'll be like you know dialogue and I'm like "Mm, that never happened that's not true I don't believe that (laughs) um and then there's one where it's like these these two teenagers or men or kids I can't remember but like they're dancing um and it says like they're dancing in this like victorious way and it's like how I feel when my husband when my husband comes home and I tell him all the shit the kids did and then he like yells at them and I don't know that one like rubs me the wrong way because it's like you're rejoicing over your husband yelling at your kids I don't like that (laughs) but I get it it's about feeling not heard and yeah like I just posted a meme on the childish account so I'm going to talk (laughs) I mean, a big thing for me is like, whatever floats your boat, you know, if that's your deal, like, I don't want to shit on your thing. um, Just because I just because it's not my favorite, you know, you know, that's that's where I'm at. You're a good person. You're a good person. I am also a good person, but I can be petty. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. I think just because I maybe because I'm such a weirdo, I feel like I just want to always make sure that I'm giving other people like, what am I trying to say? Grace to be weird. Grace to be weird and grace to be like wrong or offensive or like whatever your thing is. Like you're right. I don't want to like, because there's, there's just so much mom content out there. And I would say a vast majority of it is not stuff that I like or that speaks to me which is why we made this show right but yeah I'm always very there's conscious also a about, lot of shit on other moms like ugh. Yeah. so I just try to like turn a blind eye if it's stuff that I don't like even when people put stuff on our own like the why mommy drinks Facebook group that I'm like well uh I just kind of like okay 
There's yeah. also a lot of mom shame, which like exactly, I and I never want to join that. Yeah, yes, I've I've felt mom shame. I'm sure we all have felt. Yeah. It's it's impossible to not feel it. Mm. No, <laughs> because <every> I think <laughs> I wasn't aware until I had my child. I wasn't aware of what I thought a mom was and that I thought like there's, it's a very, like I have a very narrow definition of what a good mom is and a good mom is perfect and selfless and X, right. you know, like very, it was so loaded. And yes. when I fell short of that, because I was human, I like flagellated <laughs> myself and, yes. you know, we all did. I, right. But I wasn't conscious of it until I was in it. Yeah conscious of how, how much I had accrued, like what I had accrued over the years in terms of like what to be a mom is. Yeah. And it's, and we're making it up every fucking day. Am I right? Yes. Yes. That's been a big thing for me. I, you know, these things that I was like mad at my mom about Yeah. now that I'm a mom, I, I realize that like, no, that wasn't because it was. It wasn't because she was a bad mom. It was because she was human. Like yep. there's these little mistakes I make. I, you know, I'm so hard on myself. I have been so hard on myself when I make a mistake. Then it's like, how could I do that as my child? And it's like because I'm human. Wow. Um. I mean, thankfully, like nothing huge. But um. But I no, remember but I even huge things. Huge yeah. things happen to people, and it doesn't mean you're a bad person. See, or that's that you that did voice. It on that's that voice that I had to announce it wasn't huge because I still like wouldn't I still don't let myself off the hook for things. There you go. See, yeah, we don't. It's hard. It's so hard. Um, you are doing a great job, Allison. Thank I you. Think so. You are doing a great job. I can tell your concern over your kids. I can tell you are oh, a great mom. Thanks, friend. You are doing, but seriously, like I don't know if if you if people are telling you that often enough, but we all need to hear it. Thank you. You're doing an awesome job. You're raising two people. You are in the shit, (laughs) one-year-old and three-year-old. Oh my God. Hey, before we go real quick, uh, tell, tell everybody what, where they should check you out. You know, um, tell, tell everyone what your, your podcast is, your solo podcast is, and, uh, you know, all that jazz. Well, so please follow me on social media at Allison Rosen, just one L. It was not my choice. Um, <laughs> so that's Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. And then listen to Childish, my podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons. And that's just, you know, just search Childish wherever you look for podcasts. And also, um, we upload full video episodes. So you can see what we look like. I even put on makeup. Um, <gasps> and that's just go to youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. And then listen to Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Uh, search that wherever you look for podcasts. And also, I'm on Patreon and Cameo. Oh my God, I don't even know what Cameo is. Oh, oh can I do one more plug? Of course. Um, I have a book out. It's called <gasps> Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Wait, what's it called again? It's called Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me. Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me. Yes. Now, it That's was a really, really funny title. Thank you. Um, it came from, I was invited to a tiki party and it said tropical att- attire encouraged. <laughs> and I wrote an essay about like why I, I won't be attending. <laughs> so I love it. You're like, uh, no, that I is don't. not fun. It's repulsive. Well, uh, I mean, the thing is like tropical attire encouraged, you know, that if you go in a sweater and jeans, you're not going to feel okay. And so, um, but I wrote it. It's before I had kids. Uh, okay. But um, 
I had I started IVF. I don't know. It's like right before. It's got it's it. a prequel to um this podcast. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Well, okay, I'm gonna try to close the show the way Amanda does, but Amanda's okay. so good at it, which is why she does it. But let me give it a try. You can do it. I believe in you. <sighs> Thank you, Allison. So if <laughs> if you find yourself uh, watching one of your children, uh, you know, scream in their face. Oh, God, Amanda, you make it look so easy. Uh, if you find yourself being unsure of how many kids you're ever going to fucking have, or if you're ruining everyone, <laughs> or... Or like if you should run when you hear the word sushi... There you go. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I'm Betsy, and I start the show, and Amanda ends it, and that's just what's up. Just know, everyone, you are doing a great job. My mommy drinks. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot, Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're, you're here to, to believe, believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.